Today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale when you go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter our code LASTS. That's Stamps.com and enter the code LASTS. I just think I hurt for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like um, suffering is not in vain. And I do see the church being revived. I see faith being built strong. I feel like people are speaking up boldly for the Christ that um, people are calling out to God. And so I feel like people are need like they realize we just need God. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. How's it going, guys? I'm Jeff. (laughs) I'm Alyssa. And welcome back to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about faith, culture, and answer your questions. How are we doing out there today, guys? How you wow, holding up? that was pretty good. You like said when he said questions, he turned on his fan at the same time. I know you guys couldn't see, but I was timing something right there. It was nice. Oh, that feels good. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Yes. I hope wherever we're finding you today. Usually, you know, it's interesting. I'm always picturing you guys when you're listening to the podcast. Um, you know, uh, working out on a commute, stuff like that. But in general, you know, there's less options to move right now, move around. So. I don't know where you guys are listening, so I'd love to hear if you are listening. If you're what is it when you're cooking? Is it is when you're working out in your garage or something? Laundry. Yeah, but total side note. I don't know if I told you this, but this is huh. not just true of us, but this is true of all podcasts, and I'm seeing it across the board. Oh. Podcasts have radically dropped uh, in. Oh, because people don't have as much time. I don't think it's no. They or have dead more time. time. Dead yeah, time. No. See, my my theory is this. My theory is they're not it, commuting. Exactly. Yeah. My theory is most people listen to podcasts while they're doing something else yeah like when they want to kill time mm. do you know what i mean like a drive yes like a drive a workout you know something like that um but now there's like there's none of that fill time anymore right now you That's know like you're not, you're not commuting we're not you know people aren't driving um and another way to put it is like there's a lot more undivided attention now does that make sense so like mm-hmm. so like podcast people want to do when they're already doing something or giving their attention to something else like driving or working out or commuting or walking or gardening when now i feel like people when you have think about it like when you have when you have an hour to fill you're not going to go to you don't go to a podcast you Mm -hmm. go to like netflix or a book right oh yeah that's what i'm trying to say yeah you know so but no one goes to podcasts in those moments but there's more of those moments now right before yeah before those moments were the car totally yeah so it's just well i was just thinking of like I feel like if you have kids at home, you just don't have as much time to, by yourself, to listen to a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So let us know then, guys. Where are, because if you are still listening, we'd love to know that and love to thank you because, you know, 
we don't have as many listeners right now probably for the next couple months <laughs> and so i want to say thanks for listening and where are you listening yeah well, what, what kind of it's just such a disrupting period you know mm-hmm. um okay you got any quick announcements any quick thoughts what are you loving what's in your purse right now what's your favorite scrunchie I'm just joking. I feel like that's the YouTubers I watch always say stuff like that. Do they? Yeah, you know, just like this, that, that favorite thing. What, um, any quick thing, thoughts? How was your day today? Just it today. was great. Mm-hmm. It was good. How's anything else you want to share? I felt kind of brain dead. I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I have much else to give. Um, no, it was a good day. I feel like we've like revamped our schedule. And so I feel like we're, I feel like I'm really thriving in it. So that mm. feels good. That's true. And yeah, it was just a good, good day. day. Yesterday was Kanan's birthday, which was oh, so fun. Oh, that was a day. So good. So I felt like today we like did school and stuff, but it was kind of more, yeah. you know, the after, the what do you call that? Birthday party hangover. Yeah. So the the Christian were, one. The kids were just a the little one where you're just more. so full of life. They were just a little teeny, yeah, because they stayed up a little later. bit melty downy. So I was like, we're just going to kind of. Not much actually though, comparatively. Not hardly. They've but just, just a really little more than normal. In general. So then, yeah. So we're like, let's just take it a little easy. So yeah, you know, because he stayed up. They they rage. They stayed up till seven. They made uh, cake. I mean, whew, that's a that's a, <laughs> it's a big cri- deal. That's a Becky and a Christian that's a lot of craziness for right a little there. Four year old. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm excited to chat today. I didn't tell you what we're gonna chat about, but it's a verse. Well, I think I've mentioned this to you. It's a verse or a passage <laughs> that I've been thinking about the whole coronavirus time. Okay, do time. tell. I so, asked Jeff, what are we talking about today? And he goes, just wait and see. Yeah. So this is just as new to me as it is to you right? guys listening. But I've literally, since a month ago, maybe some of you guys have heard, I've barely mentioned this, but I have in small parts, but I haven't shared it like extensively. Um, I've heard me maybe mention this, but this has honestly been a passage that I've been so intrigued by for like six months, actually even back to Hell with the Hustle. Um, you'll see why in a second. But even it's just feel like it's just been rattling around in my brain during this uh crisis season cultural moment you know mm-hmm. and not that there's any specific answers in it but i think just kind of like chewing on it I'm like oh what does this mean for us what's going on here and so it's um oh you already kind of saw so uh but before then i was gonna i was gonna do some trivia for you do you okay, know yes. chrono- chronologically what's the last book of the bible that was written meaning not the one you know malachi you mean just in the old testament yes or? in the old testament so malachi is the end of the old testament which actually we just had this conversation i thought it was malachi yeah but it's not chronologically the end no What's like the one that was written, uh, like the last word, basically? Don't you know? Did you just see where I was at? Second Chronicles? Yeah, Second yes. Chronicles. Okay. I didn't know that, though. So there you go. So Second mm-hmm. Chronicles is... Which was it, written by... Do you know who? Do we know who? Actually, yeah. I forget. The Chronicler. <laughs> <laughs> I actually learned that, but I forgot back in the day. I think... Let me look it up real quick. Because we know Moses wrote the first five books. Well, well, Genesis is Moses and his students, I would say, but yes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a conversation. For Isn't Genesis day. up for grabs though? We don't really know. Well, it, or that, do we know? Yeah, again, there's so much debate on it. I do feel like I would say John Salehammer. If you're wondering these questions, I feel like he does has has some good work here on the Torah as one document where all five books are actually kind of a cohesive thread. That I think him plus another couple other scholars would kind of point to like Moses and his like understudies, if that makes sense. Kind oh, of that's the, basically almost like Moses that was edited by his disciples. Sure. I never thought about him yeah. having disciples. Yeah. But what were you going to say something about it? Hold on. Uh, you were going to know. No, I love Bible trivia with you because I feel like a lot of it is very vague in my mind and you always, and maybe what I learned isn't always. Um, I don't know how you say it. I just feel like you always, I always learn something new from you. Hmm. Oh, I knew this. I, f- I failed, guys. If you knew this, okay, give me a hint. Give me a hint. 
It's an, he's a figure in the Bible, Old well, Testament. He has his own book. I mean, like, he has another book yes. that's his name. Give me a better. Give me that's a better. pretty. No, that could be lots of people. If you would have said that to me, I would have known. Okay, um, well, I'm not you. Give I, me something I'm, I'm a actually, little easier. I'm ashamed I didn't know this. <sighs> Can you give me a hint? Hmm? Give me another hint. Starts with an E. An E? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ezekiel? No. No. Uh, who? Well, if you put it together, he was one of the later figures, kind of post-exile. Yeah. So who would that be? Ezra. Oh, I was going to say that, but I didn't. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten that at all. I know. I know. Okay. So let's okay. get to it. So Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles is interestingly one of the, it's one of the last written documents of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Written by Ezra, written in the post-exile period. So they've kind of come back out of exile and they're then kind of reassessing. Chronicles is basically telling the story of Israel mm-hmm. in like one big more full sweep, one kind of the full history all the way down to the exile, right? And the last, so again, chronologically, the last book of the Bible, or I mean, the last book of the Old Testament, uh, most far, farthest dated. And then you get to the end of that book into the last chapter. And then the last section oh, yes. of the last chapter. I know where we're going now. Yes. Okay. And there's, and I'll just read it out, but it's something that's just been percolating. Not this whole thing. I'm only going to, but I'm going to read a lot more than what we'll dive into, but just to give some context. So second Chronicles chapter 36, let's start in verse 17. This is literally guys, the last two paragraphs of the book of second Chronicles. Therefore he brought up against them, the King of the Chaldeans who killed their young men and the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young men or virgins, old man or aged. He gave them, this is talking about basically the, who are they talking about? The, this is basically talking about the exile war of like the, the being brought into captivity and all of that stuff. And you'll so hear it. So in all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and his princes, all these he brought to Babylon and they burned the house of God and mm-hmm. broke down the wall of Jerusalem and burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious vessels. So remember, Babylon was the one that brought them into captivity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I believe it was Cyrus, if I'm remembering correctly, that kind of let him go back in. Um, and they burned the house of God and broke down the wall of Jerusalem and burned all its palaces. He the took Babylonians? In, yes. He took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword as they became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia. So yeah, it was right. So it's Cyrus and kingdom of Persia. So Babylon takes him into exile. Then Persia basically overthrows Babylon. And then Cyrus kind of says like, yeah, you guys can go home 70 years later to fulfill the Jeremiah prophecy. Okay. But this is the verse I want to concentrate on. Second Chronicles 36, verse 21. It's just so, it's just like a little soft whisper nugget. So all of that, it says, is to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate while they were in exile, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 full years. That's fascinating. What's up, guys? Jeff here. I want to take a quick break to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that's Stamps.com. You know they're one of the longest-standing, best sponsors of this show, and we genuinely, authentically love them. I was using Stamps.com for like five or six years before they even became a sponsor. Um, If you don't know what Stamps.com is or what they do, they basically bring all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home, office, or really anywhere you're hunkering down right now. Um, with this moment. They make it super easy to send invoices, um, make shipping labels, um, you know, from any site type of size or scale, whether you're doing tons of packages or just certain letters or a little mom and pop shop. I used to use them for merch and books and posters and all that stuff. 
Um, and you get great discounts too. So you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates, which is really great. And a lot more things. It's totally a no brainer, saves you time and money. So right now we want to give you guys a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. You just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in lasts. That's again, stamps.com and enter lasts, L-A-S-T-S. So were they in Sabbath for 70 years? No, what it's oh. saying. And so this is why it's such a fascinating verse because here's here, 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 here's how I'll set this up. Here's how I'll set this up. <laughs> how are you, what are you going to do? If I were to ask you why Israel went into exile, what would you say? There's no exact right answer, but I'm saying like, what would you, what would be the obvious answer? Why did they get taken into exile? They didn't trust the Lord. Yeah. They didn't obey. Yeah. They didn't trust the Lord. They didn't obey the commands. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. kind of following so him God as God. So God gave them over to them. Yeah, exactly. But that's what most of us would say. And right. most of us would probably think of, I don't know, more specific sins or more something with like, you know, the 10 commandments and which Sabbath is part of those, but you know what I'm talking about. And then what's interesting about this though, is this text pulls out a little thread that no other part of the exile stories pull out. And that's that basically they got pulled out of the land so that the land could enjoy its Sabbath. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just find that really interesting. That's nowhere else in scripture, right? And so the last kind of chronological, one of the last chronological texts of the Old Testament actually says no wait guys it wasn't just because this is true it wasn't just that they disobeyed you know god's commands outside of sabbath or hurt each other or were mean or angry or didn't honor the lord but actually the land just needed to rest and they weren't letting it rest isn't that fascinating i mean that's or what it was says. it both was it's it both, both? Yeah. yeah it's both but that but that second one is one that like nowhere else in the scripture right. doesn't say no mm-hmm. and one we never say but it does say that is a reason mm-hmm. you know what i mean it says that. It says all of that stuff I read before, you know, all of the the savagery and the this and the getting taken over and taking into exile and the palaces being burned and the walls of Jerusalem getting torn down, blah, blah, blah. Verse 21. All of this was to fulfill the word of the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. So it says part of the equation was actually the Jeremiah equation was actually the land needed to rest 70 years. Now, here's what's fascinating about the 70 years. If you know the Jeremiah prophecy, Basically, what is it said is that, yeah, that, that they were, and you know, it's later it goes into 70 times seven. That's a whole different thing. But in general, the first thought was that Jeremiah is kind of prophesying that the exile will last 70 years, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That's all it says and, and why and all that doesn't say anything about Sabbath. This says the same thing, but it says that the Sabbath, the, the land needing rest was actually a part of that 70 years. Mm. Now, what's interesting about that 70 years is what was the Sabbath? So Sabbath years to the Jewish culture was what? How many, how often did they sell up? Did they give like the land a rest? Were they supposed to? Bible trivia again. I know it's too late for Bible trivia. Um, I mean, every 70 years? No. I mean, it's in my books and all that, you know, and I talk about it, I have multiple chapters on it. <laughs> and it's kind of given away in the fact that like Sabbath seven, you know. Oh, every seven years. Yeah, exactly. I knew that. I knew that. So was the year of Jubilee, was that every 70? That was every 49 because every oh. seven, seven. So the fiftieth year. Okay. So yep. yeah, I was so, gonna say fifty. Yeah. The seventy-three. So out. they call it the Shemitah year, or you can call it the Sabbath year. But basically, it was commanded. I think Leviticus twenty-five that every seven years. It's actually such a brilliant economic solution. It's such a brilliant um, 
socio kind of a sociological solution but basically every seven years god commanded the you have to let the ground rest stop Mm -hmm. tilling it stop trying to produce from it stop trying to extract from it and all classes are going to rest it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor you get the same blessing and there would even be kind of some things with debt and slaves and all that once you get to the jubilee year and stuff like that so did they do that no that's the point so that was the command leviticus 25 Mm -hmm. okay Mm mm-hmm and we can kind of be led to believe from the narrative of the Old Testament that they pretty much didn't even honor like one of them hmm. or barely did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now this is from the time of Moses that this command was given. How how long do you think the time of Moses was all the way down to exile? I have no idea. Like 400 plus years. Yeah. yeah. So if you do the math, right, how many oh, in the 400 wow. plus years, how many Sabbath years 70. should? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Look at that. You got it. You got, got it. that one. <laughs> Is it led me to the promised land. Yeah, so the whole that is crazy. What's fascinating about that number? Did they ever do the jubilee year? Well, no, because that was like the double Sabbath. It's like the same thing, but even better. You know what I mean? So they didn't do that either, though. They basically didn't honor any, any of God's of kind of structure, except for, for the every week. Yeah, and even okay. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, okay. but basically, but that's different. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the same. Yeah. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just processing. <laughs> you can cut that part out, Matt. No, no, no. Keep it in, Matt. Um, if you don't know, guys, Matt is our uh, victorious editor. So He can cut that out. No, he's not cutting it out. He's keeping it in. I want to keep talking to the crowd. Matt, keep it in. Keep it in. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, I just think that's fascinating. It basically says every... Um, yeah, that is fascinating. That basically, that, that it was almost God making up for lost time. Right. God is saying, you guys refuse to obey my command the way I'd set up the world and the structure to work for your blessing, for your goodness, for your peace, for all of these different things, you refuse to honor that. And so during exile, I'm going to basically let that, I'm going to do that myself in an accelerated way. All 70 years are going to be 70 years consecutive where the land is just going to lie in rest. Now what's crazy too is if you think about it, there was also crazy providence there too, because almost all um, empires that took a, took a region would do what to that region? they would then colonize that region, right? But Babylon didn't. Babylon took them all to Babylon. So it literally was empty land. Mm. And so the land mm. literally got 70 years of Sabbath wow. rest, which is like yeah. over 400 plus years right. of perpetual Sabbath years if right. you're counting them in the normal time. So wow. all, isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. But all that to say, that was like a 15, 20 minute intro to just talk about, I think what the last nugget is, man, what does this mean for us? I mm-hmm. feel like, I don't know the exact answer, but I feel like there's something there with what's happening right now in the world with this. Yeah. You know, of like, man, it's almost well, just like- just even how like the air is so much cleaner. Totally. That because there's no planes and no yeah. people, people aren't driving. Totally. Like it's our, in like a week of time, yeah. it was better. And if you guys don't know what Alyssa is referring to, that was what I was going to say in a minute is that they- is that there has already actually data come out that mm-hmm. guys that the, the world shutting down has already had insane amounts of like proliferation of like trees, animals, plants, mm-hmm. pollution going down, greenhouse gases going down. Um, even like climate will probably be an interesting year this year with yeah. like the the gradual degree climb. Um, yeah, super fascinating. And, I, and I've even I would and say it hasn't even been that long. No, That's what blows my mind. A couple months, you know, a month for Not, us, but some other places. Yeah, yeah. I would say. And even subjectively, because it's totally subjective, but even here on Maui, I've, I feel like I've noticed yeah, just like when same. I get in the water and stuff like that, like, you know, because uh, I've been getting in the water a lot lately that just like there seems to be more fish or more turtles or more whales or clearer oh, really? or smoother. Yeah. Wow. It well, just I feel like seems the skies like, have totally. been so clear. Yeah. So I feel like there's just something there, which is fascinating. But I think it has yeah. to do with this text. I feel like God's almost, 
Now, here's the tension. I don't feel like God, we are not Israel. Yeah. That's what we talked about before. I, I, you can't play a one-to-one game there. Mm-hmm. America's not Israel. The world's not Israel. We are not the covenantal, you know, Old Testament family of God in a nation. We are not the covenantal chosen nation of God. Um, in like that first act of the play we see in the Old Testament. Yet, we do see, what I do think you can distill is that God operates in particular ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I don't think it was, this had to do with, you know, here it's like they're the covenantal people of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we are as the family of God as Christians. But right. I mean, America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now in the second act of the play. But but we, I do think we can see that God operates in a particular way. That man, God kind of is saying like, if you won't, if you won't honor my land and first of all like we don't we don't talk about that too like god cares about land i think almost more than we do we extract it we exploit it we want to you know dirty it make it terrible get what we want out of it we never honor it right god wants us to i don't think what people realize is in genesis the curse went three places the curse went from man to land man to man and man to god so it broke the relationship between man and land broke the relationship between man and man and it broke the relationship between man and god and if you don't if you don't have all three of those then you kind of tend to distort mm-hmm. your view of salvation because God then restores all three. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's good. So um, kind of the cosmic to the personal. But I think, um, yeah, I just think that's interesting of like, man, I think there's something there, but it's not, again, a one-to-one connection. But I do think it's, I do think this is God saying like, man, you can't go back in until I give it its rest. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating about the Jubilee rest, or I mean, this 400 plus years of rest, is like, think about how long suffering God was with that. Mm-hmm. He didn't send them into exile. He could have sent them into exile 14 years into the command mm-hmm. you know he's like oh yeah. you missed two you missed two sabbath years right you're putting you in exile it's like he was over 400 plus years of god absorbing yeah. their disobedience yeah. 400 plus years that's even longer than we've been a country mm-hmm. um that's crazy yeah um and then finally there's like this kind of this natural ramification consequence so yeah i just find that f- really fascinating and I, th- I wonder if right now this is the moment God is saying, like, man, I'm going to give the land its rest and then you can go back in. Mm. Then you can go back in. You yeah. know? I don't know. What do you think? That's really good. What stands out? What are you thinking? Do you feel like? Because here's the hard part, too. I don't think we also wrestle with, too. Like, some people might hear that and be like, well, there's just everyone's all across the spectrum, too, of like what they're walking through. And mm-hmm. I think this is another thought. I haven't. I'm going to give you guys this, but I haven't thought it through that much or I don't have an answer. I do feel like one thing we have a problem with when we read scriptures that seems to be a pattern in the scriptures that we feel is deeply unfair is that God seems willing to judge entire nations as a whole. Do you know what I mean? Like meaning mm. all of Israel got sent into exile. I'm yeah. sure there were some obedient people in Israel. Right, right. I'm sure there were some people that were actually killing it. Yeah. I'm sure there were some people that actually honored every you know mm-hmm. Sabbath year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole nation goes into exile. Yeah. We don't like that. That feels deeply unfair. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is something true that God judges nations, Mm. right? Um, And there's consequences for nations. Uh, And we don't like that because we can say, well, I did right. Like, you know, we're so hyper-individualistic that like, it's like, well, I, if I honored God or whatever, then I shouldn't be struggling with this or that. Well, it might not be because of your sin. It might be because of your neighbor's sin. Mm -hmm. You might actually be, you know, and I don't know. I know it's a weird thought, but I just feel like I've noticed that in the scriptures. We're like, yeah, these... You know, because some of us might be like, oh, man, are we being kicked out in like a metaphorical exile right now to return to the land Mm -hmm. later? You know, based on our sin, maybe not. Maybe someone else's, but we're collectively all doing it. But it's fascinating that it's the whole world. Yeah, totally. It's not just like, right? Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, what the... 
when you the more you research the Old Testament, the more you research the Sabbath year, Jubilee years, those years were about justice and equity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like those years were about not just honoring the land, but like they were about justice, restoring the justice equilibrium between mm-hmm. poor and rich. And I don't, this doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that like God never equalizes all incomes and he doesn't go into the, some socialist, you know, background or whatever, even though I think there's some elements there, you know, in the Old Testament in regards to sharing resources and stuff like that. But again, that's the nation. That's like a theocracy nation of God. Um, but, but yeah, I just find that interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So what is that? What, what is that? Do you feel like that's what you feel like we're collectively going through or how, what's happening right now or what you're feeling like it is for you? Yeah. Well, I think that's. Um, I do think it's really interesting that you said the curse was between us and the land and us and each other and us and God, because I I feel like when I look at it, I almost feel like I see the Lord working on all three of those levels. Oh, like I see like what you're saying about the land and how it is being restored. And I feel like it's crazy that that much has happened within like a month. You oh, know? he's restoring all three right now. It's so good. I see <laughs> it. I, do I see feel it. Like Keep going. That. I feel like because we're going through a crisis and we don't, like, and we're know. not diminishing at all. I know that there's so many that are dying, that there's so many in the medical field that are risking their lives. Totally. Loss of jobs, um, loss of income. So much loss yeah. of jobs, incomes. I just think I hurt for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like um, suffering is not in vain and i do see the church being revived i see faith being built strong i feel like people are speaking up boldly for the christ that um people are calling out to god and so i feel like people are need like they realize we just need god and and so i feel like in that like people are coming to the Lord and they're coming back to church and the church is being unified. And then between man and man, I feel like we're having to, um, yeah, everyone's getting really creative we're getting the opportunity, and relational. Yeah. yeah. To have, how do we build relationships while we can't see people? One, I feel like this is such an opportunity for families to, um, spend time together, to invest in their kids to be together. I mean, I was thinking about that just this week, like when else in history has there, well, maybe not history, but when else in our life has there been an opportunity where it's like, you're just, you're forced to be at home and you get to be at home with your family. Like you don't have all these commitments. You're not having to go all these places. You're not spending time commuting. You get to be with your family. And I think you know, I know that's an adjustment and there's definitely things that are hard about it. People that have never um, schooled before are having to school. People are having to learn how to work together at home. People are having to um, still work full time and school their kids and all these things. But I feel like it's such an opportunity to soak up this time with our families and to just cherish it and to build strong families with strong communication, to make memories, to laugh, to get to know our kids even deeper, to make, you know, just do fun yeah. things, to spend time with our husbands and and so I feel like it's such an opportunity for families to be built stronger and healthy um, to like, I feel like we even met a new neighbor this week that honestly, when we first moved into our neighborhood, she had like said something not so nice to us when Jeff was going down the the hill with the kids. And we were, we kind of just like wrote her off like, okay, don't go by her because She's a cranky old lady that doesn't like kids. So we kind of just avoided her. And then we see her walking 
this since this quarantine and we got to meet her and she's the sweetest lady and she even got Cannon a birthday present and she, we didn't realize she lives alone her husband had passed like 10 years ago and so I feel like it's such an opportunity to meet neighbors and to serve and to think creatively of how can we reach out and love people and show them Christ and um and just pursue relationships yeah. even though we don't see them face to face so anyway I just I know there's a lot of suffering within this, but I also feel like that is the opportunity that God uses to mature us and I, and to call us back to him. And, um, I feel like I see so much good coming out of it. Yeah, I totally agree. And even like, you know, yeah, I don't think what people realize is most people are formed in crisis and suffering. The most kind of who you become and who you are tends to be most deeply formed in a crisis moment. And even nationally speaking, right? You look at the nation of Israel, they're formed as a people almost through all their crises. The exile deeply formed them, mm-hmm. the Egypt plagues and, you know, past like their holidays are almost all from crisis mm-hmm. moments. And the holidays are almost some of their most formative experiences in regards to uh, solidifying their identity, yeah. you know, and who they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're formed through like, let it form you. Don't skip over it, even though it is hard. And even though there's probably like an actual insane crisis probably for a lot of us you know right right now um but i feel like it's such an altar moment you know like in the israelites they would take rocks and build almost like a little tower with them and remember this moment remember when god did this let's not forget what god did here and i feel like we have the opportunity to do that even in suffering like look at what god did look at he look i got laid off and look how the lord provided for our family you know all these things of just Let's build altars each day and be like, wow, look how God provided for us there. Look at how he's building our faith there. Look at how our family has grown here. Um, I think, yeah. No, I agree. You're right. It brings maturity and that's... And sometimes looking back, I feel like the times that have been the most sorrowful, which I would never want to relive, are the times that I was closest to the Lord. Yeah. And I crave the closeness. Yeah. Um, so. I think a lot of people are experiencing that where it is like so tough, but I feel like there is an intimacy there that God meets us in. Yeah. Yeah. I'll end with this. It was an, ex- I think I actually heard it from Priscilla, Priscilla Shire this morning, but she just used such a good, beautiful analogy of like, you know, and we've met her too, you know? And so her husband and they're huge and uh, she's not, she, I meant there as in her husband and their, her sons are huge. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the way I actually said that I met her. I think she is a tall, isn't she tall? I think she might be too. I feel yeah. like she's tall. But like her husband and her sons are just like beasts. Yeah. Um, and I think they're like over six, three and just strong and buff. And, and she was kind of talking about that. And she was talking about how, like, she was like, man, my sons and my husband didn't get like that without, um, working out. Yeah. Crazy kind of weight training and resistance Mm -hmm. training and all that stuff. And basically she just made this really good analogy of saying like, you don't, you don't become strong unless you're carrying weight, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you're, or unless you're doing something that is giving you resistance. Mm. You only build muscle yeah. by doing things with resistance and doing things with mm-hmm. weight. And I think that's basically what a lot of us, hopefully we'll look back on this time, right? Yeah. That even if it might be dire, even if it's serious, that in 10 years we can have recovered or the Lord will have renewed or restored in a couple of years, in months, whatever. Um, but we'll look back on it and say, man, like I did carry a serious weight there. I didn't have to carry it alone. No. Um, community, God, the spirit, etc. But 
Um, but man, that was a formative experience for me. That's where I built muscle. That's where I became who I am. That was, um, you know, changed me, changed mm-hmm. trajectory, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really strong analogy of like, you can't get, like if you want to be, all the things we want, we can't do unless we have kind of moments like this and walk through them faithfully, so you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if as life was all very easy, then you would be, like imagine someone who had never worked out in their entire mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. No resistance, no weightlifting, no running, no kind of resistance. You're basically, what, what working out is like resistance. It's pushing your muscles to the mm-hmm. limit where they max mm-hmm. on purpose, right? Imagine if no one did you, they would be kind of flimsy and airy and not in shape, you know? Um, flabby. <laughs> and a lot of us spiritually, I think we're a little spiritually flabby. Yeah. You know, and I think the Lord is trying to use this um, for that reason. And so mm-hmm. that's our thought for today, guys. Hopefully it's encouraging. Um, yeah, go pick up your, open up your own Bible, Second Corinthians, sorry, Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 36. Go to the end of the book and it's just a fascinating couple verses that I've been literally noodling on for a couple months and didn't have a ton of answers on besides just questions and thoughts of what this might mean. But mm-hmm. hope it's an encouragement to you guys and we'll see you next week.